Welcome to a learntolearn.org podcast. We are here to support your learning, taking off the limits that we have accrued to our learning and adding in those ingredients that we've learned from world-class learners that have made them the best so that we can each update our own programming and become the best learners that we can be. We're really glad that you're here to share some time with us. We hope that this brings you exactly what you need today to better engage in your life and your learning. Welcome once again to Learn to Learn. We have a number of things planned for you here today, particularly centering around beliefs again. We're going to come back to beliefs, the nature of beliefs, and how to change beliefs many times during the course of this podcast, both today and in the future, because beliefs are so fundamental in determining the outcome of learning. Beliefs actually tell us what we can learn, how to go about learning, and they describe the capacity that we have for learning, either to our advantage or to our disadvantage. So let's begin with what is the nature of a belief and how are they formed? So beliefs are basically our mind's way of understanding who we are and how to deal with the world. Beliefs come in two basic forms. If then statements. So a belief will say, well, if this happens, then this. If you need to accomplish this, then do that. Or if this is true about me, then this is the result of that. The other form is what we would call a complex equivalence. (laughs) That sounds maybe technical. It is very simple. A complex equivalence just says, this is this. I'm a good person. I'm a bad person. I'm a learner. I'm stupid. I'm whatever. Or people are good or bad. Or the nature of the world is something. Or math is hard. Or math is easy. Beliefs are basically instructions for our consciousness, for our mind, our brain, if you would rather think of it that way, that says this is how to relate to something. This is how to go about doing something, or these are the limits on that, or these are the possibilities. But it is a program, if you will, that the mind follows. If I think that I am stupid, typically, no matter how hard I try and learn, and we've certainly seen people that have tried very, very hard and had difficulty because they had beliefs like this in place. Beliefs are usually found in a network, if you will. It's very rare that we have a belief that says, let's say I am smart, but there's nothing else to go with it. You know, there's nothing that says, yeah, I'm good at math and here's the reason why and here's how I do it and I'm good at science and here's how I do that and so on. There's usually a whole network of beliefs. If we're thinking about our place in our society We have not only a sense of who we are relative to other people, but how we are to behave around them, how they're going to behave around us, how they're going to think about us, how we think about them, what we have to do to improve our standing, what we do that diminishes our standing in our community, and so on. 
When we're thinking about beliefs, we want to recognize that network, not just a singular belief, although that can be helpful and sometimes very powerful, but we want to sort of become aware of, recognize as much of that network as we can, and when we get to changing beliefs in some of the various ways that we're going to do, we can influence the entire network. And we are going to explore a number of ways to change beliefs. A lot of people say that beliefs are very hard to change. Some will say core beliefs are impossible to change. We can't change who we really are and so on. Our team here has not found that to be true. If we understand the how-to, changing beliefs can be fairly easy and even enjoyable to do. So let's think for a moment about how beliefs are formed. Generally, beliefs are either a result of us trying to understand a pattern. When I do a certain thing, when I go out in the world and smile and behave in a friendly way, here's the pattern of responses that I get. That could be good or bad. There's patterns that I detect in learning. We end up deciding that we're good at learning certain things and bad at learning other things. That comes out of this pattern detection. The other primary way is we tend to look for what we understand to be the cause, why something happened. It was destined to be this way, or this happened to me because other people are a certain way and I'm at the effect of that. Or there is some bigger force working and that's why these things happen. Often we arrive at a conclusion about a pattern or the cause of something happening under duress. Somebody's upset with us and we're trying to understand how the world works and so we jump to a conclusion. People are mean, nobody likes me, or I'm well supported, people really treat me well. Those are arrived at under very different circumstances. And so often the need to arrive at a conclusion is much greater in what we might think of as a negative situation. A circumstance where we feel in jeopardy, where we feel threatened, where our sense of our ability to survive or thrive is in question. And that sort of requires the brain to figure out what action needs to be taken. And in order to do that, it jumps to a conclusion, very often an inaccurate conclusion based on very limited information, based on what's happening in this challenging situation or oh, this has happened once before, I get what the pattern is, and this is what it means. It doesn't take many times with a math quiz or test that we don't do well on to arrive at that pattern recognition that says, well, I'm just not good at this. Or conversely, you know, if we happen to get it right, <laughs> even because we guessed well, we start to believe that Oh, I am good at this. I have talent. But again, the urgency to arrive at a conclusion is often much greater in challenging situations. So very often we find 
ourselves saddled with numbers of negative or limiting beliefs. Beliefs that undermine our capacity to do well in life. Beliefs, once they're formed, are a bit like a magnet attracting more evidence to support the belief. If I think that no one likes me, I don't notice so much all the times that people are there for me, that they treat me well, that they're supportive of me. But given anybody that gives me a bad look or says something negative or that I can interpret as that, that gets added to the belief. So the belief attracts more evidence. We're selectively focusing on those things that the belief claims to be true. You see this with people that you know have taken on any kind of political persuasion, any kind of religious persuasion, and I'm not saying any of those are good or bad, but we tend to interpret our experience in support of the very position that we've taken. We're like, see, see, that just reinforces, that tells me that what I believe is true. We certainly see it in kids when they're growing up. We see it in their social interactions. They pretty quickly determine where they are in the pecking order. And then their behavior changes to maintain that, to elicit further evidence in that direction. So not only is it a passive process of, if you will, of looking for the data that supports us, and of course deleting the data that does not support our particular viewpoint, but actively engaging the world in such a way as to prove our position. We again often hear that it's hard to change these things, mostly because of the nature of beliefs themselves and how they tend to be self-reinforcing. But if we understand the mechanisms of the belief, if we understand ways to challenge or even as we'll eventually get to directly changing those beliefs, we're going to find that beliefs are much easier to change than we have thought and that that in turn reflects in our experience, our way of engaging in the world, how we select our data, and how we reinforce the new belief at that point. Again, beliefs are meant to help us make sense of ourselves and our place in the world and how we interact with the world, either positive or negative. So let's think for just a little bit about what are the fundamental negative beliefs, just so that we can begin recognizing those, because we have to recognize them before we can eventually change them. It's said that the three core negative beliefs about oneself are that we're helpless, that we're unlovable, and that we're worthless. And we could spend some time going into each of those, but I'm sure you can think of examples of each. Helpless, unlovable, and worthless. And then we have negative beliefs about others and about our world. We end up too often believing that other people are untrustworthy. Sometimes we believe that people want to hurt us, or people want to demean us, or that people are uncaring. And finally, that people are manipulative. Most of the negative beliefs about ourselves and about others fall into these categories. 
Again, just to touch on the negatives about others, untrustworthy, they want to hurt us. They're trying to demean us, to make us smaller, that they're uncaring and they're manipulative. These negative beliefs about self and others often make us strongly want to be validated, make us seek circumstances, seek proof that we're okay, either by what we elicit for others or by what we're able to demonstrate in the world or by what we tell ourselves in spite of what our view is of our relationship with the world. This also tends to make us anxious. That anxiety then, again, if it's about learning, which ultimately most beliefs in some way affect our ability to learn to do well in this world. If we have those kinds of anxious responses to these kinds of beliefs, it diminishes our capacity to be fully human, to be all that we can be. So when we think about beliefs determining our reality, and we think about how we rationalize so that those beliefs seem real to us. As we've said, we tend to look for the evidence. That part, I think, is pretty obvious. But it's also very interesting to notice how we push away anything contrary to our beliefs. If somebody is a flat earther, they're sure that the earth, in spite of evidence, is flat. No matter what evidence is presented, they find a way to negate that evidence. They find things that are contrary, or they just distract themselves from the evidence. It becomes almost an art form to watch someone who actually often does well at learning, but has convinced themselves that they're not a good learner, to explain away how it is that they did well. Well, it was just coincidence, or, well, you can't get everything wrong, or, well, I'm not that bad, I'm just not good at learning, or whatever. It's interesting to notice this in ourselves, to watch for how are we pushing away the evidence. The approach that we're going to take today to change beliefs is actually rooted in this exploring other ways of viewing what we have beliefs about. So I want you to think about a belief that you would like to change, particularly one maybe that affects your ability to learn in some area of your life, whether it's in school or in your interactions with others or in some other area of performance, whatever it is you would like. But I want you to get in your mind's eye a clear sense of what is it that you believe that's limiting you. Okay. And I want you to look at, think about, how do you know that? What's the evidence that that happens to be true from your viewpoint? What are the experiences that you've had? What are the things you expect to happen in the future because of this being allegedly true? How would you justify this belief to somebody else? Well, here's my evidence. Here's what's happened. You know how things are. And just collect those and get a clear picture of what those are, a clear sense of what those are. 
Now I want you to think of someone who has a very different view of that. I think of a young man that I talked to once that he had for a long time believed that nobody liked him. And he had evidence from what went on in the playground and certain instances that had happened in his life outside of school. He was quite convinced. I asked him if he had any friends. And he said, well, yeah, I I have friends, but I'm not sure that they really like me, (laughs) of course. So I asked him to pick one of his friends that seemed to be the most caring the most generous in their view towards others. And he right away had an example. I asked him, as I'm asking you now, to step into that person, see how they view this thing that you have been so certain about that you believe, but that they see differently. And I want you to look for what is their evidence and how do they view whatever it is that we're questioning here. In the case of this young man, he told me that when he thought about how his friend viewed him and really stepped into their world, not just, oh yeah, maybe they like me, but it's over there somewhere, really looked through their eyes, felt through their being, sensed how they approach all of this. When he thought of how they really related to him, how they deeply thought about him, when he really tried that on, he was quite surprised because he had a sense of not only how much they cared for him, but all kinds of aspects of him that they readily saw and deeply valued. Also, when he, through their eyes, thought about how they saw him in relationship to other people, they thought of him as very well-liked, and they had a lot of evidence for that. Considering this friend's view in this way impacted deeply his sense of himself. He then had to bring back that experience of looking through this friend's eyes back into his world and put that right alongside of his evidence and see what held up best. He said he had to do that with three or four friends before it really fundamentally changed. Each time he did it, it changed. But after the third or fourth one, he could no longer get back to that place that said, well, nobody liked him. And he had a much expanded sense of himself and a much bigger sense of his valued place in the world. So this is an example But yours may be very different. I don't know what belief it is that you're working with, but whatever it is, it may not be a belief about yourself. It may be a belief about how the world is. Okay, maybe a lot of people around you agree with that view. And maybe in a certain sense, you're right from your societal viewpoint, your cultural viewpoint. But what if you try on somebody from a very different culture and you give some credibility to how they view the world? Notice how different their view is. Now, if you try some belief and you can't find someone, set it aside, we'll come back to it. 
try another belief until you've found a good example to work with, one where you can find other people with very contrasting views that expand your sense of who you are, your sense of capability in the world, or the opportunity that the world might hold for you and how you can engage in that opportunity. As you're trying on other people's view, as we said before, we want to think about how does it look differently to them? How does it feel differently to them? What do they tell themselves about how they approach this or understand this area of life? What sorts of things do they particularly draw out about this experience that makes their view real to them? What are the particulars? What happens when you try on their view? What's your evidence and what's their evidence? Again, try on two or three or four different people, however many it takes to begin to expand your world. So this process not only is powerful, but the better you become at it, the more quickly, easily, readily, you're going to be able to change limiting beliefs for yourself. Also, the more it's going to let you empathize with others, the more it's going to let you walk in their shoes, understand their world. And that alone makes the world a friendlier place, an easier place to live in, and expands our capacity to learn. Thank you for listening. Our purpose is supporting your capacity to learn and to attain all that you can imagine. We hope you use the perspectives and exercises that we have shared. Feel free to send us questions, ideas, experiences that might benefit our listeners via learntolearn.org, L-E-A-R-N-T-O-L-E-A-R-N.org. Finally, please help others by sharing our link with your friends, family, and other loved ones, since how you learn is how you live. Thank you.